This is Bob Palmer, and you're listening to Zone Talk by Sport Excel, where the magic of the zone is a game changer. In every episode, we dive into the lives of high performers and learn their amazing strategies so that you can take leadership of your game, your team, and your life. We're talking to Gabby Viteri, high performer. She started snowboarding at age eight, turned professional at 13, retired, I believe, at around 21, with nearly 10 years in the industry. Burton Girl, now at the prestigious Berkeley School of Popular Music in Phoenix. Welcome, Gabby. Thank you. I'd like to get to where you are now in high performance, but first, I'm curious. <laughs> you, you know, I, I think about my own sports career, and it took me probably 40 years to figure this zone thing out. I watch your videos of you snowboarding, doing these crazy tricks and scary types of things, and every one of them, you're in the zone. I mean, how did you figure that out? <laughs> well, I must say, I wish I had you earlier on. Um, I I believe it was something that came somewhat natural from a young age. I started doing karate and things like that. So I kind of started to cultivate, you know, being focused and being very devoted to something. And I helped that helped cultivate my zone feel a lot. Uh, later in my career, when I got older, I feel like I started to get in my head a little more, actually. And that's when you came along. Because <laughs> when you're young, I feel like it's very easy to be in the zone. You're totally fearless and you're just there and you're present and you're not thinking about much. Um, so I feel like when I got older and kind of hit that turning point, it was like you appeared like an angel <laughs> and kind of retaught me what I already knew and helped cultivate it in a new awareness at an older age. Okay. And with your early, um, episodes of uh, high performance and your ability to, to get that fearless nature. I mean, who did you look to as your, your role models? Oh, so many. Um, when I first got into snowboarding, I looked up to a lot of kind of the legends at the time and the pioneers. I would watch videos of them over and over and over. Like I watched this one video called Decade and it was all the professional snowboarders at the time, all the pioneers. I watched that video on repeat every single night in my room. And that's something I feel like I was already naturally doing was kind of watching them, seeing what they were doing, how they were acting, what their stance was, and kind of cultivating that in myself. So I cool. definitely watched the older crowd. <laughs> and did you find that it was just so easy then to replicate what they were doing when you went out? How did that work for you? <laughs> Uh, no, not at the beginning. <laughs> it was a long shot. I remember my friends actually making fun of me like, oh, you think you're going to be a pro snowboarder? And I got made fun of all the time because here I was going snowboarding maybe uh, five to ten times a year when I was eight and watching these videos and saying, yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. And here I was learning how to turn. So, um, yeah, <laughs> that sums that up. <laughs> well, I, I put you up there with the likes of uh, Sean White and, and Hannah Teeter. And, you know, oh, wow. I, you were I mean, you were at the forefront of taking what was a pair of skis into a snowboard into all these fancy tricks. 
<laughs> How do you relate back to that? Does that that seem like a, a dream that era, or is that uh, was that a, a like a fun time, a, a creative time? Now that you say it, it is really neat to reflect on because it really was the forefront of snowboarding at the time. It was very new. I remember being the only girl on the mountain. There was maybe five others and they were all way older than me. Um, so it was very creative because it was very innocent. We had no idea what we were doing. Nobody knew what they were doing. So it was all an experiment being up on the mountain. It was like they'd put a rail up that no one had ever seen before. And we would be like, how do we do this? And you would just go and you had no idea what you were doing. So it was neat. Cause it was, it was very innocent compared to now totally different. I mean, these kids have so many ways to see what's going on, to learn, to engage. We had nothing at the time other than a few friends <laughs> on the mountain, <laughs> no internet. <laughs> I so, feel so, old now. <laughs> and wiser. <laughs> and wiser. <laughs> yes. Well, well, now you're at the uh, prestigious Berkeley School of Popular Music. And it's Berkeley School of Music, yes. And what types of things, I guess, have you pulled out of your snowboarding to apply to this whole new field for you? Mm. I would say the kind of daredevil in me to go and jump off cliffs that nobody else would think about or even want to. I'm kind of applying that in my creativity. I'm really challenging the system and the way creativity is done in a sense. Um, Berkeley is the most incredible school and it's a very um, strategic way of showing this is how music is made and this is what makes music popular. This is what music is. And I feel like that daredevil in me is really challenging and wanting to bring in, uh, I am not even totally clear on it yet, but I can feel it. It's this kind of new direction of something I haven't even seen or heard yet. And it's emerging of um, poetry and different kinds of music and spoken word and a lot of different things. So the creativity. <laughs> do, you, do you find they're embracing that, uh, that approach? Oh, yes. Um, I would say there's one professor <laughs> that completely doesn't understand it. Um, and that's okay. Uh, that actually is a good sign for me that I'm on my right path because not everyone's going to understand it. And on the other hand, I have quite a few professors that are blown away and super excited about this path that I'm kind of traveling on and it's fun too because I'm so new to everything that can kind of be my excuse <laughs> um, that I'm such a, a newbie and I haven't been trained since I was three years old on the piano like everyone else at the school so I can come in with this fresh innocent perspective. Nice. Mm -hmm. So so you did reach, um, I guess, metaphorically uh, high peaks before and uh, high <laughs> jumps, and, 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 and you're reaching for that today. Mm. Is there any particular technique that you fall back on to, to, to help you pursue this, this new journey, this new, new direction? Oh, wow. So many techniques. <laughs> so many. <laughs> What's your go-to? 
I would say my go-to is visualization. Um, a lot of my work right now is I'm at a stage where I'm kind of incubating, cultivating, and it's not full action outward yet. So I feel like in those stages, a lot of it is visualization of down the road when I will be bringing this out more into the world and really seeing what I want it to feel like and look like and how I want people to respond and what the audience is going to look like. And so that DVD deja vu visualization is prominent in kind of creating the future of it. So when you do that and create your DVD of the future and you're in it, what's singular about that? What, I mean, you talk about a feel. What do, what do you mean by that? Mm, the feel. <laughs> it's full of, um, wow, excitement, adrenaline, um, passion, all of these things that are just, it's enthusiasm for what I'm doing and also mirroring that with the people that are hearing or listening or watching. And um, so that energy is present now, but I'm also kind of putting it out into the future. So what you just described there, I mean, when you were in snowboarding, you, you were in a sense a, a leader, a pioneer. Mm-hmm. Um, do you see that in yourself when you're out in front of an audience? Are you in any way leading them? Yes, I believe we're always leading in an audience or not, even just with ourselves or one other person and, of course, a larger audience. Um, and that kind of goes to one of your tools is um, I practice that leadership constantly. I was with my grandmother yesterday and I was practicing leadership and, you know, leading where the conversation's going. Um, so I see that leadership across all of life and of course with an audience but all day long and even leading myself sometimes you know <laughs> so so you, you talk in terms of this this again this new venture you're on but you always you know have this undercurrent of of success and winning and performing and and competition and and leadership why why is that so important to you mm. Oh, there's a lot of reasons that's important to me. I feel like we have one life to live, not to get too deep, but this is life to me is to make the most of it, the best of it. And for me, I'm constantly competing with myself. What's my best self and what's the best version of me that I can bring out into the world? And it's exciting. It's so exciting to constantly push myself and see what boundaries I can push, where I can go, set extremely high goals. Can I get there? Will I get there? Do I get there? And meeting myself in all these areas, it's, it's, I guess it's a, an addiction in its own to just be the best (laughs) and not to be anyone else. It's really just, you know, what's exciting and also what excites others. And for me, that's my passion. So, by the sounds of it, you're very excited by this challenge. <laughs> if you drill down a little bit, what do you think your greatest challenge is going to be in this second career? Mm. I have a lot of challenges in the second career, and I think that's kind of what 
what is pulling me to it and what pulls me to anything in life. If something is very challenging, I want to go head on with it. And for me, you know, I've done everything so physical my whole life. It's been um, quite easy, actually, to just go and throw myself off a cliff or go off a jump. Um, It's very, very physical. This new arena I'm going into is very vulnerable emotionally. And it's very, um, it's kind of as if you're stepping out totally bare naked to the world. (laughs) A lot of what I write about and the emotions that go into what I create, it's, it's very, um, it's very vulnerable. So I feel like my challenge is going to be, um, getting, so strong in my core and in my zone that when I step out and present this, I can do so in the way in which it was created and not shy away from it and really step into it more. So to that extent, um, what advice would you give young and maybe not so young high performers <laughs> wanting to do what you're doing or wanting to you know, get involved in any sport or take that sport to the next level? Hmm. I would say make your best friend fear. <laughs> and um and use use I these tools that you have taught me. You know, it's all about getting the right tool sets. It's kind of I'll repeat what a lot of people have said if you're going to build a home, which could be your goal of any sport or any endeavor in life, you have to have the right tools. And I can honestly say that without the right tools and without the work we've done together, I, there's no way I could get to where I am or where I want to go. Um, it's, it's quite tricky navigating through all these things that come up along the way. But if you have the tool set, it's super easy to say, this is what I'm facing now. And now I can bring in these tools and this help and push through it and, kind of leap over it. And that's the difference I feel like of people that succeed and don't. It's all about the tools and support. Can you give me an example of of a of a tool that you're you know, of which you're talking? Oh geez. So many tools. <laughs> which one should I talk about? Um you know this is a, I have a lot of favorites, but I would say the power walk is one of my favorites. Um, I feel like leveling, leveling the playing field of where you are at and bringing yourself into the zone and not letting any circumstance, any person kind of be above you or in a sense, the leadership to leading you where you are in your zone and you're capable to level the field and have that clarity of where you're going, that's that's pretty okay. huge. Because um, then anyone can step in the room. It could be someone that's, you know, totally negative or totally like a superstar in any of those situations. If you don't have that power walk tool, you're going to shrink down. And the power walk tool is so cool because you really stay in yourself and you're able to shine. So you're referring to just sustaining your physiology. So yes. rather than shrinking and and yes. having your shoulders turn over and you want to <laughs> you know you, you want to be able to walk tall and 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 make that a, a you know your norm your default rather than like I said going to the place of, of fear yeah I like 
I liked your comment about embracing fear and, and realizing that it's going to give you a lot of feedback. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, to that same extent, we're at a very fearful time in our mm-hmm. history. Um, mm-hmm. You and I are both uh, isolated from the world in a sense. And uh, the uh, there are people staring at four walls mm-hmm. and they can't train. Mm-hmm. They can't, they can't, uh, their, their, their games aren't in competition right now. So they can't get better at their game. They can't challenge themselves in that context. It's all about training if they can find a, a few square feet or meters in their <laughs> house to do that. But you wrote something interesting to me just before we got started on this. And, and uh, it went something like this. What a wonderful time in history to learn how to be in the zone and win. Oh, yes. Yes. What do you mean? I, I have the chills um, as you spoke about that. And then the, the statement I said, because this, this is uh, whew, it's a very special time right now. And... I believe everything starts with your mind, everything. And I was actually thinking about this last night. I, one of my best friends, she has won two gold medals. She does not work out at the gym. She is a high, high profile athlete. And I'm with her a lot. She focuses on her mind and we all know this. And what an incredible time to sit down and really focus on what's inside, focus on your mind and how it controls everything else. It's the best time. It's like the best time you could focus on on the zone. Sort of enforced high-performance meditation, if you would. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, exactly, exactly. So where do you see yourself going now or after you graduate from from Berkeley and uh, what kind of plug would you make to for your future self Ooh. <laughs> I thought I'd throw this on you oh wonderful I have oh wow I have so many so many ideas for my future self um You know, for me, it's not all about graduating Berkeley, although I'm sure I will. Uh, For me right now, I, my future self, I see her performing, making music, making films. I want to start a foundation down the road, doing retreats. There's a lot she's going to do. And I feel like the next step for me is actually probably working with you a little further on um, some bringing in some techniques to bringing this vision just a little bit out into the world. I'm hitting a lot of fear right now. And um, what a great time (laughs) we have to focus on those, on those difficult things. Um, So yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot, but. I have one last question and I I do think I know the answer to this, but uh, (laughs) when you, Get need a break and on a weekend, or when you find finally get out of these four four walls, mm-hmm. um, where's your favorite place to go? That's easy. <laughs> the woods, nature. Um, I, I I love being in nature so much. I feel like, uh, especially after you're learning a lot or taking a lot of information in, to go out into nature in the woods into silence is where. I feel like all of that really absorbs in and uh, being in silence and listening 
just to the woods is very, very meditative in itself and nourishing. <laughs> so if I'm not in my house, I'm in the woods. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing this with us today. Mm -hmm. I do have one request. And that is that when you do have something up online on YouTube or you uh, do a performance with the, like with, as they're doing in uh, Berkeley right now yeah. online because they can't do it live, uh, right. would you would you let me know and share it with me so I can share it with the, the listeners? Uh, of course, of course, definitely. Thank you, <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye for now. <laughs> This episode of Zone Talk by Sport Excel has ended, but be sure to subscribe and be sure to rate and review us so that we can continue to bring you the best zone and high performance content. See you on the next episode.